need you in this place, God. We need you in this place. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush so he looked and behold the bush was burning with fire but the bush was not consumed then Moses said I will not now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Everybody say the burning that draws you. I wonder if we can just close our eyes one more time. And every voice is quiet. I wonder if we could just pray one more time. Just ask God to help us to know what that burning is that draws us. Can we do that together? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for that burning inside. We thank you for that unction of your presence in your spirit. And Lord, we ask you to minister to your people, God. Anoint these lips of clay, God, to speak your word. God, anoint our ears and our hearts to receive it. And in Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Every year, there's at least one story or a wildfire born of carelessness. It quickly spreads in consuming the thick, dried-out vegetation and almost everything else in its path. What was once a forest becomes a virtual powder keg of untapped fuel. In a seemingly instantaneous burst, the wildfire takes thousands of acres of surrounding land, threatening the homes and lives of many in the vicinity. An average of five million acres burns every year in the United States, causing millions of dollars in damage. Once a fire begins, it can spread at a rate of up to 14.29 miles per hour, or 23 kilometers per hour if you're a kilometer person, consuming everything in its very path. 
as a fire spreads over bushes and trees. It may take on a life of its own, finding ways to keep itself alive, even spawning smaller fires by throwing embers miles away. We can see this on the West Coast today. Even my very own hometown in California was on the radar at one point, but thankfully the fire was redirected and put out. There's countless fires right now on the West Coast, all the way up and down. But nonetheless, fires draw the attention of people. We were driving down the road when we were on a trip up north, going to the Big Falls and the 40 lost, lost 40 acres. Never been there. It's really cool. But on our way, we saw some smoke and we saw fire. And it instantaneously caught our attention. We went and I was a hero and saved the day and put out a fire before it took out someone's farm. And I am telling a true story. But see, fires draw attention. It draws us to gaze at it. Sometimes, unfortunately, to play with it, to flirt with it, or in a spiritual world, be consumed by it. And that is what I want to preach about this morning. The burning that draws you and draws me. There's a spiritual burning that draws you to God. That is what happened in our opening text. Moses was drawn to the fire and was even more intrigued that the fire was not consuming the very bush that he was looking at. <clears throat> but notice in the story that it's not God who starts the fire in Moses. Instead, he lights a fire and God draws Moses closer. But it was Moses who took the further step to go unto the fire. In the past few weeks, things of eternal value have been gripping my heart more and more. I have been consumed by a burning to go deeper in God's word, to draw closer to his presence, to be hungrier for this lost and dying world and be completely dissatisfied with the things of the world. We need the burning of God to draw us closer to his presence. There's got to be something inside of us that draws us to want to get closer to God. And if you're not listening to that, then that's why you're not closer to God. Because when he did light a fire by you, you were too, too uh, nervous and not scared or scared to go closer to the fire. Instead, when the fire got brighter, you started walking closer or farther away. I'm speaking to some people in this church under the action of the Holy Ghost. I know that. But I also know there's some others that are going farther. They're looking at that fire and they want to get closer to it because they see the fire as his presence. And they want to get closer to the presence of God. Listen, folks, when it comes to the judgment day, I'm not looking forward to just barely making it. I want to be so far on his side that I'm sitting in his lap, that I'm right there with him as close as I can be. I don't want to just get by. I want to be closest to his presence because it's in God's presence that things change. Yes, I have seen things change. You have seen things change. In your own life, things have changed because of the very presence of God. When God's holy presence shows up in this church, all of a sudden it just explodes in here. Yes. What's happening? God's drawn closer and his people are drawn closer to him. 
There's got to be a burning passion inside of us to draw closer to God. I don't care how ridiculous it makes you look. I don't care how pathetic it makes you look. It might seem that you're weak. Listen, men, I'll preach it a 50 trillion times. David was a man after God's own heart. And you could never stand toe-to-toe -to -toe against a man like that. He chopped off giant's heads. Have you ever chopped off someone's head? No, nobody in this place has. But when it came to worship, he did not care. He came dancing in the world. He came dancing in the city. He didn't care what anybody thought. He didn't care about his wife who was mocking him. Another man who was weak and limp-wristed. Listen, if you want to be someone, you want to be a man of God, then unlip your wrist and worship God and get on your knees and pray to Him and submit to Him. I know I'm preaching hard, but I'm doing it because I love you and God loves you. He wants to challenge us to go farther. Hallelujah. It's getting closer to His presence. It's having a burning desire to say, I don't want to go another second without His presence. I don't want to go another moment without feeling Him. I don't want to have that. I want to have the prayer of David, just like a deer panteth after water. I'll panteth after Your presence. I'm thirsty for You, Jesus. I'm burning inside, consumed, because I want to be close to You. It's a burning that the burning that draws you. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be afraid of it. Instead, draw yourself closer to it. Amen. It's what God does. There's been a burning inside to be drawn closer to his word. Luke 24, 25 through 32. says, then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. This is Jesus talking after the ascension, or maybe after his resurrection. He has resurrected and they don't know who he is. Here's these two disciples that are just walking on this path. And Jesus shows up and starts talking to them. He comes in because they're talking about this Jesus. And so he interacts and says, hey, what's going on? What are you talking about? And they start talking about some things that you not know. And so all of a sudden he starts preaching to them. He says, then he said to them, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then he drew near to the village where they were going, and he in indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him. Everybody say there was a burning. There was a burning that was drawing them. They didn't want him to leave. You ever been around someone like that? There's such a drawing on them. I've seen men of God that I just well, I can spend all night talking to them because there's there's something in my, my mother in the gospel. I could just I could stay the night at their house and just listen to her pray because I just want to be in that presence where she's in that presence with God and she's reading that word and it just draws me. It's a burning that consumes you. Amen. But they constrain him saying, abide with us for it is towards evening and the day is far spent. And he went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, because they couldn't recognize him yet. And they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, catch this, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. Listen, there's something about God's word that when you are starting to get desperate for it, when you're getting hungry for it, that when you read it, it starts burning inside. That's all you want to have is the word of God in your life. You don't want 
You don't want Fox News or CNN or the newspaper or Facebook or Twitter or any of that other stuff out there. Even a regular book that's a good book. Instead, you just want God's Word because it's His Word. I can tell you men and women of God that have, have challenged myself when I see them. They don't read other stuff. All they do is read this precious word. All they do is consume them. That's why they can get in a pulpit and they can preach like nothing else. They can get inside of the scripture. You know why evangelist Ryan Lear, our prophet to this church, is so anointed? It's because he spent so much time in this book. He spent so many hours in this book. He's even told me he doesn't do it all in studying. He just does it in reading. He's just wanting to read. He's not studying for messages. He's reading to know God more. That's all it is. He just wants to know. It's not because he's an evangelist. It's because he's hungry for God. He's hungry for his word. There's something in me lately. I don't even want to read the news as much anymore. I'm pushing it aside. And when I open up my Bible, I just want to read. I want to consume myself with the word of God. Because it's the word of God that has a burning. That is what I want the, bur the word to burn within me every single time I read it. Everything about it. This word. Hope oh, a pastor, I don't feel it when I read it. Well, then just keep reading. Amen. Keep doing it. You keep doing the right things. Maybe sometimes God's testing you. All right, God, I'm going to try it today. I'm going to read this one scripture. you got to burn in me so I can keep reading. I don't feel anything yet, God. I still don't feel anything. Man, I'm interested in what's on Facebook today. I still don't feel anything, God, as I'm reading this. Man, this is boring. No, I know nobody says that. It's a hunger inside. God will burn a desire inside you. And the more you draw yourself to it, the more you will want more of it. Bible says that God, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He, he, he even got so, he's got so graphic that he said, you eat my flesh and you drink my blood. It caused the disciples to get offended in him. But what he was telling them was saying, you need to eat my word. You need to eat this word and live on it. Jesus even told the, um, the devil numerous times, he says, man shall not live off of bread alone, but by every word of God. There's got to be a burning. But listen, before you can get to the word, you need his presence to enlighten the word. It's right in the tabernacle plan. They had to light the candle in order for you to get to the showbread. You needed a light, a candle inside. You needed a burning inside so that his word would come alive in you. Amen. But see, what's powerful about the word is no matter who's reading it, it can inspire and it can cut and it can get to the right spots. That's why theologians that don't even believe in this thing. Believe, trust me, there's theologians that are like atheists pretty much. But they read this thing. They know the book. They know the whole thing. I don't know if that's what's causing them to be atheists but, or agnostic or whatever you want to call them. But the point is, is that the word of God, you also have to have the mixing of his presence. That's why we've got to first be drawn to him and drawn to his presence. It's not about spending five minutes in prayer. Listen, can I say something here? It's not, it's not about being, you, you, you neglected God because you only got five minutes of prayer that day. That's not how God's looking at you. He's not the God with a hammer saying only five minutes. That's pathetic. That's pathetic, you horrible son and child. You need to pray more. It's not what he's doing at all. Because God is a gentleman. Amen. God will draw you to the hunger. He'll say, that's fine. You want five. But I can only get you so much in life. 
the more you draw to me, the more you want to know me, the more you want to be consumed by me, then I will meet you in that place. I will meet you. Because see, that's God's original desire. You look at Genesis. He would meet Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. It was a daily routine that they would meet each other. That there would be that. It wasn't that, day that, that God, I mean, what in the world? You ever stop and think? What did Adam pray about? Help me overcome my sin? No. This is before sin. He spent time with God in the garden and had nothing to do with him getting better, praying for revival, praying for this. or praying. He communed with God. He had a relationship. He talked with him. He had, he had conversations with him. They talked about the day. Maybe he even talked about what he was going to do that day. God, I think I'm going to tend this bush today. I'm going to try to do this with the bush. Yes, Adam, I think that's a great idea. I will watch you as you do it because I just love how you do that. And I know some men are like, oh, listen, I've told you before. If you have a struggle crawling up to Jesus, then just imagine yourself as a child. Just see yourself as a kid. I can still picture myself as a child climbing up in my dad's lap and pulling his beard. I still imagine that. I'm comfortable with that. But I wouldn't do it today. I wouldn't go up on his lap today as a grown man. But when I, the Bible says when we come to Jesus, we come as children. That childlike faith that I come to him as his child. So I can see Adam having this conversation because his daddy is out there with him, talking with him and saying, yeah, that's a great idea. He said, well, maybe me and, me and Eve will go down to the river that you gave us. One of the four rivers. We'll choose which one. Maybe Euphrates today. We'll go there and we'll just go hang out by the, by the shore side and have a little picnic or something. Hey, God's like, yeah, that's a wonderful idea. I'll be down there with you guys. Listen, that's what's a relationship with God. That's what it's about. Don't get me wrong. You need to go to God because we have a sinful nature still. And we still need to repent and get all that garbage out of us. But it should be, a, it should be an intimate time with God as well. It should be a drawing closer to His presence. It should be encouraging ourselves and letting that burn pull within us. And when we read His Bible, we read His book, that you literally are seeing that He's talking to you. When you open this book, church, and you start reading, God is talking to you. He's having a conversation with you. I know it might be a story of someone else or something else, but he's wrote it just so you can, you and I can have it. There's got to be that burning, this hunger for the word of God, that burning that draws us closer to him, that draws us into his presence. There's also a burning that creates a hunger for lost souls. Luke 3 and 16 says, John answers saying, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Listen, when it comes to that burning that draws you, that burning will draw you as well closer to Him. The Bible is known, or the Holy Ghost is known numerous times in the Scripture as a fire. As a fire. Fire, fire, fire. And that's why when you have the book of Acts, I know it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but really it should be renamed the Acts of the Holy Ghost. Because that's literally what's taking place. You don't hear a whole, you hear them preach Jesus, but you don't hear a whole lot of stuff about the Father. You hear all that in John 4 or John. And a little bit about the Holy Ghost, but when you get the book of Acts, it's all about the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
Why? Because it's not that it's a separate person. It's the Holy Ghost is the same person. It's God speaking to his people in his operation. When, he's, when, when he comes to us, when we worship, oh, Holy Ghost, we worship you. What we are worshiping with God is his moving presence. It's his action presence. It's his presence that's constantly doing something. When we pray, we don't just ask the Jesus to move in this place. We ask the Holy Ghost to move in this place because that's his operation. Just like when I go to, to Beltrami County, I, I'm an eligibility specialist. I go there and I operate as a specialist helping people with their medical uh, insurance, with MA and stuff. That's my job. That's what I'm doing. But when I leave there, I go home. I'm a husband to my wife. I'm a, I'm a father to my children. I'm a pastor to this church. But I'm one person. It's my operation. Each operation has its own role. And when we talk about the Holy Ghost, he's a consuming fire. He's that fire that's constantly burning and moving. But guess what the Holy Ghost is doing? He's drawing the church to go reach the world. That's what he does. He pushes the church. That fire that starts inside pushes them, pushes them out, pushes them out to reach people, to reach souls. There's got to be such a calling upon us. Listen, yesterday we all got together. A couple of us got together in the car and we went praying. We were praying for all the schools and we were praying for the Holy Ghost. But listen, there's a burning inside that's saying get out there and get in front of the devil and get in front of the enemy and call him out by his face and say you're done. You don't have this dominion anymore. You don't have this right anymore. You have been kicked out. Your rights have been pulled. Your teeth have been kicked in. You are done. And the church is going to be the one that's after you. You're not after the church. We're chasing after you because we're not actually after the devil himself. We're after the souls that he's after. Yes. There's a burning inside. I'll tell you. I know she gets embarrassed. But we went to the middle school and we called out Sister Maggie's name and there was such thinking all everybody could announce for it. There was such a presence of God that came in because we got someone right on site. We got a teacher right on site in the middle school. And guess what? The middle school is one of the toughest group of kids. And some of the kids are right in that middle road of not knowing what they're, what's going on. Their hormones are crazy and wild. And there's parents that they go home to that might not even be there or they're on drugs or they're on whatever it is that that's pulling them. Those kids are trouble out there. But that's because of their age. It's some of the hardest age group to minister to, but I'm telling you, there's future missionaries in that school. There's future Sunday school teachers in that school. There are children that are going to call out to God by name. And not just kids. There's going to be more teachers, administrators, paraprofessionals, cooks, and janitors that are going to call out to God. Because we believe it. That's what God's doing. Because it's his burning desire. I feel it right now. It's a burning inside that makes a hunger to see lost people saved. To see lost people experience what we get to experience in this place. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Something I'm challenging myself to do now. I usually teach one or two Bible studies on Saturday. And um, God recently dealt with me. Now when I'm doing a Bible study, before I get to studying, to just go downtown and just walk the streets and just let God minister. If there's an opportunity, I want to be available. If there's somebody that's on the street that needs help, if there's somebody that needs prayer, if there's somebody that needs something in their life, then I want to be there so that God can use. It's a hunger, it's a passion. 
And yesterday, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm telling you right now, I have no clue. I know sometimes people, they go, I don't know what to do, Pastor, so you kind of show me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going downtown, and I'm just letting God lead the way. And guess what? I didn't talk to anybody like yesterday. I didn't do that. I just prayed. I put my headphones on so I didn't look too crazy. But I made it look like I was, I was listening to music. But I was praying. I was praying. And I found there was a great new restaurant downtown. <laughs> Table of seven. I want to check it out. I have an eight three. I saw that. I was like, what in the world? I've never seen that. Anyway, go grab that. Sorry. Yeah, I just totally sidetracked. They owe me now if anybody goes and gets lunch there. But... But, but I was walking downtown, and all of a sudden I saw these two ladies. They were out by Goodwill. I've seen them there all the time. Many, women, many people, men and women, they go and they dig in the, the Goodwill. Uh, uh, I mean, you could call it garbage, but really it's just, it's just the stuff that they couldn't sell and that they're not going to use. They just throw it in there. And, and I walked in. I, again, I told God, well, you, just, you just pull me when the time is right. And, and I kind of felt something, so I didn't know what I was going to say or do. And I walked down. And, no, I didn't talk to them. They looked, they were like pretty busy. They were pretty busy what they were doing. They were focused. They didn't even look at me. And I just walked on by and I just didn't feel anything to like say something. But I did feel something in my heart stirring. And when I got around the corner, I said, God, did I miss something? Did you want me to do something? And God kind of spoke to my heart. He said, do you not see them digging in the trash? That's what this world is doing. They're out there digging in trashes. Digging in trashes online. Digging in trashes on the internet. Digging in trashes in the movies. Digging in trashes in, in alcohol and, and smoking and doping and all the drugs that are out there. It's trash that they're getting into. But they need to know there's, they're, they're not the trash. They're my treasure. And we need a church that's willing to pull them out of the field and say, no, you are God's treasure. You don't need to dig in this trash. God's got something better for you. We need to have that in our heart. And that's what's happening out there. That's what people are doing. And I just preached last week at, at Shoreview, Brother Barshan's church, the treasures of the fields. I preached it here a couple years ago, the treasures of the fields of Bemidji. But there's treasures out there. There's treasures. There's souls that are in the field. I remember, I'll never, ever forget this man. I've said his name a couple times, but, and I've actually tried to search him up because he's not in the UPC anymore. He's independent apostolic, but... Don Lust, this guy just, just changed my life when I met him 15 years ago. It's just, he's a soul winner of soul winners. But he always said, when he told these stories he would tell, he would always say this, I was in the field. 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 Because he looked at this, it's the field. I was always in the field. I was somewhere in the field. And that's where I got the idea in my head. I'm like, I need to do that. I need to just get out there in the field and just be available. He, he told stories about one time there was this, it was a terrible, horrible story. I mean, it was, it was victorious at the end, but it was terrible what he found. Him and another guy were walking through and walking there downtown. And, and all of a sudden, this woman comes flying out of the buildings to stark naked, but she's got cuts all over her body. She literally just escaped a dude that had her chained up and locked up. She was able to escape, and they were able to grab her, and they put their clothes around her, and they put her in a car, and they rushed her to the hospital. And then later on, she eventually came to church. She got the Holy Ghost. She got saved. God still has her life. Her life was changed. But guess what happened? They weren't looking specifically for that circumstance. They were just saying, God, I'm out in the field. Help me just be a blessing in the field. Help me, God, to get out there. Let that burning inside of me draw people in so I can draw them to you. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I remember some of his stories. And there's another one he told. <laughs> you got to know Don Lusk. He's just got this. Does anybody know Don Lusk? Nobody knows him. Okay. But anyways. You almost got to know my wife can vouch for it. 
And he's got the classic smile, man. He's just got the big old pearly whites. And just the way he smiles is just hilarious. He just started laughing. That's why the guy can reach so many people. He just smiles. And they're like, huh? But anyways, he told the story. He said, he said, I was at my house. And I was outside cooking, cooking hot dogs. I was barbecuing some hot dogs. And <laughs> Ken, you got it. It's just like, I'll just do the best I can do. And he said, he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, no. He said, yes, Lord. He said, move that, move that grill out a little bit farther. He's like, okay, Lord. Moved it out. He's just grilling away. And he said, Don, yes, Lord. Move it out further. I want you to get out to the corner of your street at the end of your driveway. He's like, okay, yes, Lord. Moves it out. He has no idea what God's doing. And he's still cooking his, cooking his hot dogs. And God says, Don, yes, Lord. I want you to be in the middle of the street. Lord, the middle of the street. And he didn't argue. He goes in the middle of the street. Long story short. As he's grilling hot dogs in the middle of the street, some kid walks up and says, why are you grilling hot dogs in the middle of the street? He says, I don't know. Do you want one? He says, sure. And he got him a hot dog. Next thing you know, he grabbed a couple of his friends. And he got them hot dogs. And then all of a sudden, the whole neighborhood came out. And they were all getting hot dogs. And he started ministering to his neighborhood by just going out and just grilling some hot dogs in his neighborhood. And people started coming out. Sometimes we make this thing of reaching the law so stinking difficult. And I understand. Uh, we've had, listen, I was a salesperson. I am not naturally a salesperson. But I was for, for years uh, when I was in the church. So I, I, I linked to what people said about, you know, reaching the lost. You can use sales pitches, you know, and you, know, you commit now today and, and all these things. But I always found it so robotic. I always found it so unnatural. I always found it so just dry. It didn't seem like it was what God wanted. But also it stressed me out because I didn't know what to say every time. Okay, which, which word did they tell me to say again? Oh, was that five, five words I was able to say? I could just close it every time. Stress yourself out crazy. How can I do this? How can I talk to a soul? How can I talk to someone that needs Jesus? As soon as we make this thing so difficult, when it's just simply taking your grill out in the middle of the street and cooking some hot dogs and letting some neighborhood kids come over and get some. Start connecting. Bringing a pie to your neighbor. Bringing some coffee to a coworker. You know what? I'm going to try that. I haven't done that yet. I'm going to bring coffee to my coworker, and then I'm going to make the rest of them jealous. I'll have to get more. <laughs> but just it's anything. It's to break the ice and let God take the conversation from there. Let God open the door. Yes, it's good to read stuff and ask have better questions, know how to talk with people. But really when it comes down to it, we are made to relate. We're not made to be isolated by ourselves. I get it. I'm one of those people that also likes to go in my office and get work done. I get it. I get it. Well, there's a lot of people in this church that are relationship people. I gotta kick you guys to go work because you're busy talking, and that's fine. I'm all about relationship. That's why people love our church. They feel friendly, they feel good. So some of us, it's harder to be relational because it's just not within our gears. But really, when it comes down to it, if we allow the Holy Ghost burning inside, it'll naturally just take place. It'll naturally just happen on its own. We won't have to do anything. And I'll tell you what, if you just pray the prayer, God, give me wisdom to talk with this person. He will give you wisdom each and every time. Jeremiah 20 and 9. It says, then I said, I will not mention, make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shot up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. There's a Holy Ghost oil that we need. 
When you take the candlestick, the candlestick was literally operated because there was oil in the wick. And when the oil ran dry, the candle would go out. Unfortunately, that is what happens to some. That's what happens to some of us if we don't worship God like we should. Because if we're not worshiping God, we're not allowing that oil to fill us in. Yes. We want the oil to fill us so that the fire can keep burning outside of us. I can tell you time and time again of people that I know and you know that one thing that stood out about them was their worship, was their shouting to God, was their dancing before the Lord, was their, was their compassion just to go on their knees in the middle of service and not care and to start worshiping God because that's what it's about. It's just worshiping God. It's just being desperate for God. It's, being, it's just saying, God, I, I just want you. And I even feel convicted myself. It's just getting down and just saying, God, I worship you, Lord. I just want the oil. I just want the anointing. I just want your presence. I just want your word. I just want the burning inside. I just, God, I don't care. I'll be that sacrifice. I'll be that example. Oh, God, I want to just learn to serve you, God, and worship you. Oh, can we just praise him right now? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. It's that oil of anointing that needs to be inside of us. It needs to rest and flow. I come in for a closing here. As musicians come. Leviticus 10, verses 1 through 3. I kind of want to finish this with a challenge to us. A reminder. Leviticus 10, verse 1. Since then, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire. Everybody say strange fire. Before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spake, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. Holy means separate. It means sacred. It means pure. It means different than everything else. And before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. We must be careful of the strange fire. We must be careful of other religions. We must be careful of things that we hear out there. We've got to make sure that we know the Word of God as it is. That there is one God. There is one person. And His name is Jesus. He's the God that's everywhere in all places. He's drawn every culture. Even in other religions, He's drawn them to Him. He's trying to find an avenue within a partial truth that they hold on to to pull them to the full truth. That's why a Muslim friend of mine came to God because of that. There's others, natives that have come, Brother Wilt, other people have come to God because they realized that the one true God is the God of the Bible. We must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. We must repent of our sins, be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus. And he said he will fill us with the Spirit. And we will speak a language we don't know. 
See, other fires we can stand. See, sometimes what happens is that strange fire doesn't always come in the form of a religion or of a drink or alcohol. Yes, some of those that have not been saved or are still seeking God. This, that is the strange fire they're dealing with. And sometimes they will pull you to them as well. we got to be careful. There's no such thing as a trinity. He's one person. He's one God. There's no such thing as a, the divine flesh. We worship the flesh of Jesus. It's not, it's not, not there at all. Mary's a great woman. But that's all she was, was a woman. She's a human being. There is a spirit that moves. And yes, he's the God of the wind. And he's the God of the storm. And he's the God of the light. And he's the God of the darkness. But his name is Jesus. It's not something else. There is no Allah in him. And there's no Buddha. He is one God, one person. And the devil will do everything he can to defame the name of Jesus. There's no other religion out there that gets defamed like Christianity. And the reason that is, is because there's a devil who's doing everything he can to mimic, to mimic it, to try to duplicate it, to try to do anything he can to either talk it down or get you to just hold on a little bit to the strange fire. That seems like the real fire, but it's just not. But see, as a church, it's not just there, church. Strange fire can be that fire that distracts us. Remember I said, fire draws our attention. Sometimes the enemy will draw our attention with fires out there. Fires of the news. Fires of COVID. Fires of, of masks. Fires of, of Democrat and Republican. Fires of, of China and Russia. Fires of the atomic bomb. Fires of World War III. Fires of Facebook and, and Twitter. And fires of Snapchat and TikTok and whatever else is out there. Fires of, of, of unforgiveness in other people that we're looking at. Fires that distracts us. If you're not drawn closer to God, I can guarantee you it's one of those things in your life, if not more, that are drawing you away. Because I can tell you right now, as I have made my own personal vow that I'm trying to pull, push farther away from the news and all that stuff, I feel, I feel actually a want to read it even more. It doesn't just go away. It's work. Just like marriage is work. You don't just one day say, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in love with my spouse anymore. No, it's a choice. It's work. It's the same thing with God. It's a work that every single day we draw ourselves closer to Him. We draw, we have a hunger for His Word, and we want to reach people and reach souls. So let me ask you this question this morning What fire? What fire draws you? What burning draws you? Is it the burning out there? Or is it the burning that's in here? I wonder if we just close our eyes for a moment. I'm going to open up this altar in a second. I just want to pray for us right now. I want us to be transparent with God. Because listen, as the preacher, what I did today is I planted and I watered. But God increases it in your heart. If it, if it wasn't dynamic enough or catching enough, I, I can't go any farther. It's something you've got to have and want yourself. Jesus, I ask you right now to cleanse our hearts and forgive us, God, of anything that distracted us away from you. 
God, that strange fire, Lord, that's distracted us away from the truth, God. Distracted us away from your presence, from your word, from reaching the lost, God. Because we're so fearful and so scared. Because that fear, that spirit of fear is a fire. It's a strange fire that draws us, that captivates our attention. And I pray in the name of Jesus right now that that strange fire is put out by the living water of your message. The living water of your spirit to be poured out on all that strange fire that's in this place right now in the name of Jesus and I pray God that there's that Holy Ghost fire right now that sweeps through this place that sweeps through this church that sweeps open to our hearts oh God in the name of Jesus this altar is open if you want to pray if you want to find a place why don't you just pray right now and just seek after God maybe make that altar where you are a prayer I don't care just seek after God and just ask God to draw you closer Oh, Lord, let that burning, let that burning, let that burning, God, flow. Let it flow, God, let it flow right now. I don't want to be distracted, God. I don't want to be distracted, God. I don't want to be distracted, Jesus. Yes, God, I want more. I want more, God. I want more of your word. I want more of your presence. I want more of you, Jesus. Oh, God, let that burning draw me, God. Let that birdie draw me right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, we need you, Father. We need you, Father, we need you right now. In Jesus' name.
place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, than here in your love, here in your love, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, than here in your love, here in your love, oh set a fire. That be your prayer this morning. Set a fire, God. Set a fire for your presence, God. Set a fire for your presence. Set a fire, God, in Jesus' name for your word. Right now, in Jesus' name, God, set a fire, God. I pray. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, God. Yes, Lord.